Hello, it's me again, Chet Czar, with another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast, episode 160, Dave Sherman's Quarantine Tips. Now, for those of you who don't know who Dave Sherman is, he is a drug counselor, counselor, regular counselor, I think he specializes in people with uh, addiction issues and he's a good friend of mine and uh, we thought it might be a good time to just have him on to share some of his coping strategies for people who might be stressing out and having a tough time during the quarantine so he was kind enough to come on and share his thoughts we had a great conversation he's a hilarious dude on top of everything else so, um, yeah, we'll get to that shortly. What's been going on with me? Uh, you know, I've just been doing the same old thing that I always do, just working. Had a kind of had a crash from all the work I was doing, and I've been trying to, I've been trying to get back into the swing of things, go for another round. But I'm so tired from doing all this work, so uh, it's a little slow going. But I am getting back up on my feet and working, trying to get back on the early schedule and be good and do all the good things I need to do, like exercise and keep up with my meditation and all that business. So uh, the only thing of note I can think of from this week is uh, a, I, I did a, uh, I was a guest on a watch party for the movie The Blob from the 80s. My friend Andrew um, Hawkins set up. For those of you who don't know Andrew, um, you should, because he's a huge supporter of the Dark Art Society and um, really great person. And uh, he's, you know, he's, he's just a... Uh, always involved in all kinds of cool things and he's an executive producer on this documentary that is being kickstarted right now that I wanted to promote for him and for them called In Search of Tomorrow the definitive 80s sci-fi documentary um, you know look for In Search of Tomorrow on uh, Kickstarter I'll put a, a link in the description but the blob watch party I think was kind of like a <clears throat> Uh, promotional thing for this documentary and, and, and they they do a lot of these watch parties apparently these folks and uh, so they it was on discord and we we all set our blob movies to go at the same time and then it was me and a few other people and Andrew kind of um, what's the word mediating the whole thing kind of and people were asking questions in the chat, so I was talking about the old days working on the blob. It was really fun. Brought back a lot of old memories. I was talking about different effects that I worked on as they were playing. People were asking questions, so it was super cool. Anyway, please support that documentary if you love sci-fi like I do. That was the thing with me and uh, my stepdad, James Czar, is that we would go to the movies every Friday and we'd either see a horror movie or a science fiction movie because he was like a sci science fiction guy and I was a horror guy but we both liked science fiction and horror as well so 
I love I love science fiction, good science fiction. And I'm looking forward to seeing that documentary. They did one on horror too, which I just um, <clears throat> got and uh, I'm about to check out. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so let's read off the new names. The name, the new names, the names of the new subscribers on Patreon. I apologize for not going in and revamping the tiers because, uh, you know, I've, I've, I just haven't had time, but I'm, I'm going to probably put it down to like a tip jar situation. Um, to where there's just one tier and then you could put, you know, anything a dollar and up or something. Cause I can't, I haven't been able to do any of the other features that we've been saying, but that we used to do when Mike was involved. I just don't have time. I can just barely get this podcast done every week. <clears throat> I still can't believe I'm pulling it off. I don't know how. Um, all right. So let's see. Oh, uh, Randall, Randall B. Perkins. Percasso. He was kind enough to tell me to, to uh, message me and tell me who I left off on last week. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, Let's see here. So I know that we left off on uh, Tanya Tracy. Okay. Now we have new subscribers. David Armantrout. Thank you. Jen's Warming up their pledge. Jeremy De La Rosa up their pledge. Thank you, folks. Okay, we've got new subscribers. Saint... Capernus, thank you. John K. Pevahouse, thank you. Um, and Andy Arasmith, thank you all for supporting. You're making the podcast happen, you people that are pitching in. It's greatly appreciated. If you want to join and you're not yet, you can join anytime at the patreon.com slash dark art society. It's only a buck, um, a buck or more. If you want to spend more support more and you get access to the new website, you get in the secret Facebook group and you get to join in on the Friday night art jams. Even if you're not an artist, they're great to sit in and hang out and watch people create art. Everybody's talking, everybody's just bullshitting, getting, helping each other get through the quarantine. It's really a great time. So that is exclusively for Patreon supporters. Um, okay, I'm keeping it short this week. Uh, let's just get on with it. Here we go. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say. Hmm. Hmm. I started watching War of the Worlds series. That's that's really good. Um, that's pretty much it. Okay, I I'm not. I don't want to talk just for the sake of talking. I'm not very good at it. All right, here we go. Dave Sherman and his helpful quarantine tips. Dave Sherman, here he is, the man, the myth, 
Finger guns. Hello. Hello, America and other places. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How's the pandemic? It might, you know, it's I, it's so weird because um, I, I <clears throat> said this on the, the last podcast intro that I'm kind of like fine with it. It's weird. I guess it's because um, I'm used to this kind of lifestyle. I don't really well, go anywhere. A, yeah, <laughs> right. I work from home, so that part doesn't affect me, I don't think. Except that now when people call and go, hey, you want to do something? I can go, well, no. Yeah, I wanted to, but I can't leave the house. Um, I think for some people, like, there's that apocalyptic mindset that a lot of people have. Like, I've got some friends that really struggle with depression and really are always catastrophic thinking. Mm -hmm. And now the outside totally matches up with their insides. So they're like, this actually isn't so bad. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it really is. I'm huh. seeing a lot of really interesting stuff. So I'm wondering if you're just like always seeing the wasteland and now you're like, yeah, whatevs. Uh, yeah, I'm always painting the wasteland. You're like, it's Tuesday. What gives? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, it's, I, you know, it could be because I'm an optimist, maybe. I don't know. But, but, still? I, but <laughs> I am still. It's weird. But it's like, I, I, uh, I guess I'm looking on the bright side of everything all yeah. the time. You know, it's like I, I'm kind of enjoying the slower pace around me. I, I, like the less, I don't know. It's like my neighborhood's really mellow everybody's home people are out walking and kind of being nice to each other when they see each other waving and see that that makes me suspicious <laughs> why people are like hey and i'm like oh god what are they <laughs> well it's because you live in philly <laughs> yeah, maybe. It might have something the, to do with it. the place that uh <clears throat> that birthed eraser head right wasn't david lynch's uh did a whole lot of cool stuff downtown yeah totally man he, it was, makes... he, he said uh philly Philly was his inspiration for a razor head, I believe. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He was living in a neighborhood that's actually super gentrified now, but at the time it was like a urban wasteland kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, um, we, we've been talking about having you on for just to, you know, come on and, um, I don't know, talk mental health and stuff, but it seems like, you know, especially now. It's... We wanted to get an expert on mental health and they didn't return your calls. So we've got Dave Sherman. <laughs> No way. You're the official mental health expert for the dark art movement, the dark art society. You're the, you're the guy, you're the go-to I'm guy. On the dark arts are pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should, we should look into that. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, what we, I, I was thinking maybe we could talk about coping strategies. I mean, I, 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 let me tell you this before we start. I talked, um, last week about my attitude which is my attitude whenever things are terrible is I always try and um, have this gratitude for it. I know it sounds crazy, but it's like uh, I know that it's going to serve me in the long run somehow. It's going to make me a better person somehow if I can get through it. So I always, even at my worst, I'm always basically thanking God or whatever you want to call it, you know, kind of trying to have gratitude. And that seems to help me. But um, I heard uh, Jason Louv, who's that magic teacher, the guy who does magic.me, um, who I, I really like what he has to say. He kind of gave, um, I don't know, it was like a seven-step seven list he had, um, a, a, a recent podcast he posted the other day. And the one that resonated with me the most was <clears throat> uh, that 
Oh, now I'm blanking. Hold on, give me one second. Um, it was okay. Do, you can you can view the you can view the universe in two ways. You can view it as either friendly or hostile. And those are he was kind of saying, you know, those are the those are really the only two two choices you have in life as far as how you conduct yourself. You can either say think the universe is hostile or the universe is friendly. And that's kind of what I was getting at by, um, uh, I don't know, kind of having a positive attitude, having gratitude, trying to think that, you know, this is kind of part of some part of something that needs to happen in your life. Otherwise, it wouldn't be happening. But at the at the base of it, it's believing that the universe is friendly, which you know, I'm I'm on the friendly side, obviously, and I thought that was kind of a cool way to put it. You know, it's like whether it's true or not, it's right. it, it's how how you view it is it if makes all the difference. It's true for you, you know. I mean, I think that the universe is both, right? You know, and nothing's inherently good or bad. It's how we see it. You remember Jacob's Ladder? Oh yeah, of course, one of the my movie, favorites. Yeah. And the demons were ripping him apart. I don't mean to spoiler alert, but it's a thirty year old movie, so <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. And, you know, he would have these, these these crazy hallucinations and the demons were ripping pieces of his flesh off and it was a horrible thing. But at the end, he finds out that those were actually angels yep. taking off the negative parts of his character defects and the bad things he had been through. And I think one of the things we don't give ourselves enough credit for is how we see the universe is usually shaped by stuff we've been through. Right. And grew up in a nurturing, loving environment and you're going to see things in a relatively positive way. And if you didn't or if you've had traumatic things happen to you until you've actually resolved those, you're totally going to see things in a hostile way. Right. And I think when we're stuck inside and left to our own devices and don't have our normal distractions is when the demons start talking. Oh, interesting. So that's something I'd never thought of. So normally people are distracting themselves constantly from maybe things they they, they aren't dealing with in everyday oh. life. And now those things are, are cut off from them. Haven't you noticed? Yeah. I mean, and granted, there's a global pandemic. So, okay, you're, there's that. That's that. But, <laughs> you know, one of the things I'm looking at is, um, you know, we're not at war you know it's not world war ii germany it's not vietnam we're being asked to stay home and watch netflix right in the grand scheme of things there are some scary things going on unquestionably and there are people on the front line that are you know doing some really hard things but the vast majority of us are going to be okay right and we got to kind of keep that in perspective you know i can walk around the block right once I go grocery shopping and i'm wearing a mask and gloves so i just the first week was a little weird and the second week, I was like, you know what? I'm in a William Gibson novel. <laughs> Perfectly normal. William Gibson would be like, yeah, it's just masks and gloves. No big deal. Right. It's just, this is the dystopian future we've been watching on TV for a while. And it is weird. And it takes a little adapting. But we're humans. We're good at adapting. Right. You know? We're yeah. good at change. Yeah, that's, I mean, isn't that the uh, the the Charles Darwin uh, ev uh, evolution Part of it. Angle, yeah. Part of it's oh. like it's 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 not about the smartest; it's about the most adaptable. Exactly. You know, so, so survival is dependent uh, on adaptability more than anything. Uh, you know, and and being able to be connected with other people—it's never been a better time for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was another yeah. thing that Jason said in his list was have a network of people you're connected to. Totally. I, I did a support group in San Francisco last night. Like I knew a guy that had just relapsed and he needed some support. And I was like, let's go to a support group. And he's in San Francisco. And I'm like, found one. Oh, excellent. I mean, you know, there are no other times in humanity where you could have done that. It's I know. Pretty, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 all so weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird in so many different ways because, uh, you know, there, there's technologically we are more connected yeah. than ever in a weird yeah. way. You know, it's weird. 
It uh, is weird, but the, but the, and in some ways we totally feel disconnected because we can sit at home mm-hmm. by ourselves and just look at people on a screen all day. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the question is how how um, what's the quality of the connection we do have um, with people? But you know that's another story. I think you know this. It's definitely a blessing to have have uh, the internet right now. Imagine if the internet went down. That's the only thing that. And the the total uh, collapse of the economy are both kind of like okay that would be not good. Last week I had two days in a row lost power for about oh, four. Oh shit! Hours. Really? Like a tornado watch, and it was during the day, so it wasn't in the dark. But it was like, wow, I'm <laughs> really bored. What do I? You know, I was like pacing around the living room, like <laughs> go for a walk again. Now it's like yeah, so take a really 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 long walk, four hour walk. Well, Totally. I mean, it was a pretty nice day outside, so it wasn't awful. But it was like, wow, that's depressing. Yeah. Wow. Well, hopefully that's not going to happen. Um, Frost fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Uh, if it does, though, we would we would manage. Well, I man survived for a while without electricity, and then we could probably do it again if we had to. Yes, definitely. Um, so, what what what? What are you seeing as a as a counselor, as somebody who counsels people? And oh, I just, should we just do my background, I guess, real quick? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Thank you for There may be me. people that don't know who I am, Chad. I'm possible. <laughs> I know, right? To me, you're like a, a legend. You're famous to me, so it's like, okay. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yes, please do. Okay, I, uh, I got sober in 99, and then early, relatively early on, about 2002, ended up an addictions counselor and did that for 11, 12 years. Um, and then started a private practice in like 2012 ish. Um, I started out mostly seeing musicians and then kind of just started getting people from all walks of life and, uh, visual artists. And, um, I've been doing like a sober coaching, sober companion, life coaching, interventionist, kind of wearing a lot of different hats mm-hmm. for the past years. How did we even meet? I don't even remember. I don't either. Facebook, yeah. I think. Yeah. Talking smack on Facebook. Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is you were, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know anything. I haven't been to therapy in a long time, but, um, so I'm not really up on what's happening in, in, in the therapy world, but, um, you were, I think one of the first early adapters of, of doing, um, like therapy sessions on Skype or am I wrong there? Is everybody doing it or? Yeah, I started eight years ago-ish. Um, Nobody was doing it, though, right? Or just a few? Really? Yeah, not really. And I was kind of saying to myself, why isn't everybody doing this? Right. Because like, I'm at home, and I can have people just wire me money, and this is lovely, and I can people don't even know if I'm wearing pants. This is the best. <laughs> I was, I swear. For ethical reasons, I was always wearing pants. So um, it's, it's just, it's you know, now it's funny because you don't have to catch up. You don't have to play catch up now. You've been doing this for years. Where you been, jerks? <laughs> so anyway, yes. So you and and you've definitely treated uh, and helped out many many members of of our community. You're a dark art fan and an art fan and and all that. So, um, and we all we like to talk shit online. It's fun. We have a good time. Occasionally, people don't know that we know each other, and they're like, "Hey, dude, why are you?" And it's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> you know, I always have to say, "No, he's a friend. He's a friend." No, 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 no. no. We know that guy. <laughs> so, um, um, what do you? How have things? I mean, you, are you seeing a difference in in yeah. your patients and stuff? How has it changed? It's it's um, and I think, and I don't know if I just was taken a little more seriously, but I remember back in January because I had actually was going out on tour in March, 
for about eight weeks with a rock band. That's part of what I do. I'm um, just helping those guys stay sober. Mm-hmm. And I remember like January thinking, this is going to be a thing. Wait a minute. Cause that's a significant chunk of time. And it's like, you know, a good chunk of money. And it's like something I really look forward to. And, and I was, and then February I was like, there's a chance this might get canceled. Mm. And then by March you get the call and it's like, they're postponing the first leg, which was about four weeks, you know? So I kind of had the opportunity to go through what I think everybody was going through. And I was about a month ahead just mm-hmm. for whatever, which allowed me to process stuff. And then what I saw was there was, you know, like the shock and the denial, like, wait, really seriously? Because I don't know if you remember, but South by Southwest canceled, right. which is a $300 million for Austin, Texas. I mean, that's like, yeah, it's major for the year and yeah. literally, the internet lost their minds. Right. And I remember thinking, no, it's going to be a lot worse than that. And then it was like three months and then six months of stuff. Yeah. I mean, every musical act is canceled completely. Taylor Swift just canceled all their plans for 2020. Yeah. Everything. So it was like the first week was just complete denial. Like, okay, so we'll be good in next week. No, dude, we're not going to speak. And, and it seems to be coming and going in waves. Like, that first week, everybody was freaking out. And the second week, they kind of found their rhythm. Like, okay, it's not the end of the world. And the third week, wait, this isn't, we're not going to be back out there by May. So it's, it seems like week on, week off of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, um, yeah. So how are, I mean, how are people handling it that you're, you know, that you're working with? Well, the first week when everybody suddenly had no income, like I had three or four or five clients call me up and cancel and say, you know, and I was like, look, here's the thing, dude, we have a lot going on. We can defer payment. We can figure out a special rate. Cause I do a sliding scale. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't want to do that. You've been so good to me. And I was like, okay, well just, so like week two went by and by week three, they're all hitting me up going. So about that deferred payment, <laughs> which is good. You know, they're coming back. Yeah. 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 But there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. And it's like, you know, one of human beings, biggest fears is the unknown and people just have no idea what to expect. Right. And you're, you know, with how many gallery shows got canceled and we don't know when it's going to end. I mean, didn't Comic-Con just, just cancel today? Yep. Comic-Con, Monster Palooza. The funny, the weird thing, funny thing. um, I had canceled all my, all of my shows that I normally do this year. How come? Because I got to get this fucking dystopia book done that's four years late. Uh, so I was like, finally, oh, I'm canceling my... So- what? That was four years ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me. It's so embarrassing. I mean, I feel so awful about it. If I start thinking about it, I seriously... I'm more stressed out about that book than the than the coronavirus. Well, I know a guy that's good with anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but that, I mean, now I've got plenty of time other than, I, but the thing, so I can't, I cleared my whole schedule for the year just cause right. it's like, you know, so I don't really have anything other than monster Palooza that get canceled for me, but, um, cool. so you were totally prescient about this year. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a trip. Into the collective unconscious there or something weird. I don't, it's totally weird. Plus I got this tool, the tool poster thing that has been really lucrative for me. So it's like, I, That's fantastic. yeah, I really got lucky. So. So do you have any survivor's guilt? Like things are actually going pretty well for you. Kind of. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I mean, it's not, not to a point where I'm like, it's, it's plaguing me and I can't get anything done, but I feel like I've been enjoying this whole time personally. Like yeah. I'm getting things done. I'm, you know, I've just been working. I, I have never been busier probably. So I do feel kind of like, you know, bad about that or i wish i wish everybody else could feel that way as well and somehow take advantage of it but you know not everybody's in this position no and you've worked very hard to get here 
Yeah, that's true. I have I've been through some tough times. Yeah, that's the, that's that's the thing. The other joke that all the artists are making are, are uh, <clears throat> we've been we've been planning for this our whole lives, or you know, it's because it's like totally. for the last. 15 years every month, every single month for the last 15 years has been like, oh shit, how am I going to pay the bills this month? Every single fucking 12 times a year that would happen to me. So all you new years. artists, you can't wait to make it big. <laughs> 15 years and I pay the mortgage. Yep. And it's like, I've, I'm finally at this place where I don't, I'm not totally stressing this month. And it's, and it's during the coronavirus. It's so, it's weird. It's like, I'm living in bizarro world right now. Well, welcome to it. Yeah. Well, you've been planning for that, though. I've been watching William Gibson, reading William Gibson books for years. So, okay, yeah, this is no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> mask, what else? Yep. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, you know, I, I had like a day where I felt scared. Like I had one day where I started kind of like feeling scared. Yeah. And, and I don't know what happened. It just went away. Like I kind of let it come and then I... It just the next day it was gone. I don't even know what happened. And did something trigger it? Did you see something? Or no, it was like when I when I started thinking about what it's going to do the the economy and how that can affect food food supply. Totally. And once people you know people are out of work for a certain amount of time, I mean it could it could literally turn into you know people running in the streets with guns and. You know, civil war. That's of course. That's the worst. That's so you're, we call projecting. Right. Totally. Totally. So you can worst case scenario when you start going down that rabbit right. hole and you start spiraling down. Right. Which I'm you sure. Know. I'm sure comes from growing up in a family where everybody was fighting all the time. Sure. It's like you 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 get in the habit of of yeah. uh, projecting what could be the worst outcome and how can I avoid that. Yeah. It's like a natural thing, but I don't know. Maybe I, I, I was, I just kind of got past it. And then after that, I didn't really, I haven't really been that, that worried about it. Well, one of the important things you got to do right now is acknowledge the fact that you're having these thoughts and you're feeling these things. Right. You know, you don't want to force, it's like people that, that try to get sober, like can't drink, can't drink. Well, actually you can drink, you know, you want to acknowledge the fact right. that that's, you it's just unrealistic. Yeah. It's unrealistic to, you know, it's like, All right, I'm scared. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. You should it's a global pandemic, you know I mean? Right. You can't sit here and go all those other global pandemics I've been through. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a new thing. It's this is another thing. This is another thing that Jason Louv guy said is like, we, we don't, uh, he was saying, uh, baby boobers and millennials and I guess gen, gen X, they have nothing to, they've never been through anything like this. You know, it's like people yeah. that the, uh, world war two, generation you know they had their shit it's like we've never seen anything like this no this is ridiculous totally ridiculous so so my rule of thumb is if you're not anxious right now you're probably doing something wrong right (laughs) perfectly okay you know and then you go turn on the news and like locusts you heard about the locusts (laughs) no no that's what i that's what i stopped doing actually i stopped reading the news when i I was stressing out and i and i was like okay i'm just gonna Stop reading the news because it was freaking me out. And you're doing much better. Yes, and it helped. Well, I, I honestly feel like the writers for season four of this are just like throwing shit at the wall. They're like, let's have warring monkeys in Thailand, and we're going to have locusts, and then we're going to have Yosemite explode. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I know. It's like, just when you think it can't get crazy or something else happens, it's insane. We're getting biblical. Yes. So, acknowledge your feelings. Um, and then, you know, we were talking about projecting, like, 
when I think about the future, I get anxious. And when I think about the past, I tend to get angry over like decisions I made that I regret or things I did wrong. Right. Well, I should, yeah. Today, when I stop doing that and I stand today, all right, I got a couple of things I got to do, you know, and, and, and I, I just don't get ahead of myself and I don't get crazy. That's also what I did. It's funny that you're saying this because these are things I started doing after I had that freak out day. I was like, I'm just going to focus on today, totally. which is very much the kind of uh, the AA thing, right? One day at a time. and Recovery organizations always say, it. yeah, sure. Totally. It's a great coping skill. Just yeah. make it to me. Whatever's going on, just make it to midnight. Tomorrow's another day. Right, right. That's a good strategy. Totally. It's, it's, I mean, it's, and it's like, it's the only reality is now. Well, in a way. Yeah. You know? But the problem being our mind, you yes. know, like in Dune, fear is the mind killer. And yep. we give into, and I think it was Gandhi that said, you know, every night I die and every morning I'm reborn. Yep. We kind of think about it that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. 24 hours to do something cool with. Yeah. So what do you, um, I, I, one of the things I recommend not being a mental health expert or not being an expert at much other than painting monsters, I recommend meditation, I think is great. Kind of just for everything. Huge fan. Okay, good. Um, totally. totally. So what, what are some, do you have like practical steps for, for that, that you could tell people, um, other than, other than one day at a time type things? Totally. Well, in, in terms of meditation, I just want to break down and make it a little simpler because a lot of people think it's this mystical process and a right. mantra, it's a mystical word. And right. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's literally not meditation means literally practice and every time i talk to people they go i tried that once and my brain was racing it doesn't. <laughs> exactly that's literally how your brain is all day long yep but we distract ourselves everybody's is too you sit still and let it do its thing and you will slowly focus on your breathing breathe in through your nose out through your mouth and if you want to find a word that you can repeat it, it distracts your brain just enough it doesn't have to be like some kind of crazy sanskrit word right it can be aspirin you know coca-cola whatever just repeat something simply as you're breathing in and out and just let yourself breathe and focus on that, and your brain will slow down. And it'll take time, and it'll take practice, but before you know it, you'll be able to just sit quietly. And it's like hitting the reset button on your brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it takes, you know, it takes, uh, there, I don't think there's a certain average time. Probably there is. I don't know it. But it definitely takes, like, weeks of yeah. doing it every single day before yeah. you start feeling like, oh, this is actually working. At least that's how it was for me. Well, which is the same thing with exercise. Exactly. You know, it's like I wanted to look like Brad Pitt from the movie Snatch in like a week. And it's like, okay, that's more than likely never going to happen. <laughs> you know, totally unrealistic. But at least, you know, six weeks later, I was like, okay, I'm starting to like the way I look. Right, right. You know, and exercise also is a big piece of this puzzle. You know, yes. you can do yoga, you can, you can go walk around the block for half a mile, take some baby steps and just get active again because most of us are pretty sedentary. Right, right. Sit around listening to podcasts all day. Yeah. <laughs> I just sit around and record them all day. Well, at least you've been active. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not bored. That's for sure. <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually. You got to feel accomplished. You got to be doing something every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not my problem at all. So, I mean, I've always got kind of too much to do. So um, I'm envious of people who are bored right now. I want to yeah. be bored for a week. I will give them your number. <laughs> they're, they're all calling me. What do I do? I'm freaking out. Do something. Get a hobby. Uh, I think also, especially, you know, mostly or not mostly, I don't know how many, but a lot of artists listen to this podcast. Art is, you know, that's your that's your therapy. That's your thing to do. I mean, this this is such a great time to take advantage of 
having the time. I know a lot of artists I've been seeing um, on Facebook saying things like, I can't focus to paint. I have all this time, but I can't focus. So, I mean, I'm not sure what the answer there would be. Well, I've worked with a lot of um, musical artists that talk about writer's block. Mm -hmm. And without fail, what's going on with them is they actually are writing. They just don't like anything they're writing. Oh, okay. So these artists that are like, they're getting something on the paper or something on the canvas. They're just like, ah, crap. And more than likely, you're just super duper preoccupied with what's going on. And understandably so. Yeah. Turn off the news, turn off your phone and just keep working at it. You know, and, and the log jam will break. Something will happen. Just like, I, mean, I mean, Chuck Close always talks about how, you know, I, inspiration is for amateurs. Right. What I do is I show up and I do what I did yesterday. And tomorrow I'm going to show up and do what I did today. And the man is quadriplegic and he's still doing that. So it's right. like <laughs> nobody else has an excuse. He's showing up every day. That's true. <laughs> now, like, who the hell is anybody to go, I can't get anything done today? Wrong. Right. Yeah. You got to keep, you just got to keep plugging away and, and, and it will, you're right. It, it will break. Um, I mean, you've been there, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And it's like, especially, um, when you're, when your income depends on it in the past, it's like, you can't right. not, you can't really have an off day if you have a deadline the following day. It's like, you have right. to go, okay, I got to just push through even if I'm not feeling this stick figures, something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I remember once you, you, you put a blank canvas, you took a picture of it, and you posted the scariest thing in my life. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, wow, that's a profound fucking statement. <laughs> you completely forgot that that's you dropped That's a good one. Wisdom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a whole bunch of others are like, dude, that is so true. That's cool. No idea where I'm going with this. Wow. Well, so, um, okay, keep going. I want to hear, I, I want this, I, I, I was hoping this, this uh, episode could really just be about ideas for people on how to cope, you know, people that don't have a, someone like you to talk to maybe just some ideas to. Well, and, and if you, you do need a little professional help, I am on Facebook making fun of Chet constantly. Uh, my website's the road to rehab.com. There's an, an email address on there. If you're at the point, you know, and, and I'm kind of encountering people that are thinking about maybe getting sober, but under these circumstances, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah. Then, right. Like look up an AA meeting or go find a smart recovery meeting or something. And and what I found interesting was almost overnight, all recovery went to Zoom. Right. Which was pretty remarkable. Yeah. People didn't know how to use it, and all of a sudden, everybody's a pro at Zoom. Right, right. Pretty now, cool. just to let people know, you also just kind of do um, non-drug counseling therapy for people who don't have drug issues as well, right? You, you, you're yeah. just, you can do the... Exactly. Depression, you know, I mean, I don't prescribe meds. I'm not a doctor, never been one. But I've seen in 18 years, I've seen most things. Right. Helped some people with trauma and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, if you're just jammed up and need to talk, we can figure out what's going on with you. Yeah, Dave's great. He, he comes highly recommended. I, if anyone, anyone I know has a problem, I, I always send them your way, so... And we never hear from them again. <laughs> they're okay. No, no, they're all doing fine. Just kidding. <laughs> so keep going. Keep going. I want to hear Dave Sherman's strategies to survive the quarantine. That's what I was going to um, yeah. call this. Call this. If, if we didn't go with um, Electric Boogaloo, I was going right, to call right. this podcast, you know, Dave Sherman's. Hashtag fuck Dave Sherman again. <laughs> you know, we'll come up with a good, yeah, a good tagline. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what gets you through the day, you know, like once a week, the grocery shopping is weird, but you kind of, it, it's the new normal. It's just, you know, three weeks ago I showed up with a mask and gloves on and nobody had protection. Right. On. Same. Lisa was doing the same and people were like yeah. looking at her. 
Right. And I was like, well, I'm used to that. Um, and two weeks ago, I had gloves and mask on, and everybody just had gloves on. And there's like 75-year-old people in the grocery store. Like, oh no. Nah. And then last week, everybody was gloved up. So I was like, all right, we're making some progress here. Right. So now I don't feel totally self-conscious because even the people behind the deli counter, you know, have masks on. Right, right. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, you know, you find your rhythm. And I'm doing, like, for me, I garden. Yeah, what are you doing personally? What are you doing yeah, personally? Like, I garden. I, I've been, I started a whole bunch of seeds early on in trays, and I just started transferring them out because it's getting above 40 outside. Um, I bake bread. You know, I'm prepping the backyard. I want to bake bread so bad. I will send you the way to do it. All you need is flour and water. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Cool. I put it up on my Facebook a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? It was the sourdough challenge. You missed it. Oh, that's, yeah, I did see that. I think I did see that. <laughs> so you get some flour, unbleached flour and water. And you will eventually have sourdough starter that lives in your fridge. And anytime you want to bake bread, you just pull it out and add some flour. Amazing. It really is. You know, when I was talking, I made some, the first time I did it, probably a year and a half ago. Um, a friend of mine from way back in college was up for the weekend and he's a chef and he baked bread. And I was like, that's not nearly as magical as I thought. Cause you know, whenever there's something you don't know how to do, you just assume it's magic. Right. Turned out it was just mixing ingredients and putting it in the oven. I was like, that doesn't <laughs> seem so awful. So I started doing it on my own and I was talking to a friend who's actually a native American and he was, I just thought I was baking bread. And he's like, do you realize just how holy that process is? And then you've just created something that's basically living and breathing. And, and I was like, Wow, no, I really hadn't. So it was magical. It really was. You know, you're taking flour, you're taking water, and now it's alive. I don't use yeast, and it's literally we're baking bread. Wow. Which is pretty cool when you think about it that way. Yeah, it is. It is. I think now is a good time to kind of see things a little deeper. You know? Tap yeah. In yeah. 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 I think that, you know, if you think about um, – the, the, the times in people's lives when they're at their lowest are often when you actually have to start considering this kind of deeper reality, maybe, you know, um, uh, just consider, I'm sorry. It's called the varieties of religious experiences. Right. A psychologist named William James who studied every indigenous spiritual path, not every, but hundreds of them. And he realized that, 90% of people that had some kind of faith or spirituality in their lives, it was triggered by going through something traumatic. Wow. Yeah. And in the process of recovering from that. Right. Right. That's so, so that gets me back to the, you know, um, gratitude angle. You know, this could be the opportunity for spiritual growth for a lot of people at once. No better time. You know? No. Um, the world could use it right now. Exactly. I mean, it couldn't, if, if you look at it that way, like, there's this potential for this kind of, you know, I don't want to say a spiritual revolution, but a large amount of people all over the world getting yeah. in touch with their source or however you want to call it. Yeah. Um, if you look at it like that, it's this huge opportunity that could probably be gotten no other way than something like this. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's kind of something. We're pulling this together. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing that's a trip is that, you know, it's hitting everybody across the board. Um, yeah. People with money, I guess, are, are living this quarantine more comfortably, but they could still die just like anybody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. They don't have to go out, maybe, to get their stuff, but... Yeah, they get poor people to come deliver their food. Right. <laughs> what's, what's new there? 
Yeah, totally. All right, we'll try not to get into um Yes. Well, that's a whole other episode altogether. <laughs> no politics. No politics. Um Yeah, so I don't know. It's just I don't know. I just I think that th- there's there's the potential for for something great to happen is is huge. It's an opportunity. It's Instead a, of it yeah. a challenge, we can see it as an opportunity for something. It sounds crazy to think that, but that's how I feel. I don't know. I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah. So I'd like for that to happen. We're going to see how things play out. I mean, it has to. It's it's kind of like something. <laughs> I, know, I don't want to say it has to. <laughs> that's setting myself up to be really disappointed. <laughs> the thing is, it's like something had to happen. This yeah. the, we couldn't. We 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 things could not keep going on this way. Something was going to happen. I think there's just no way. It yeah. was untenable. Yeah. Like, you know, we were going to run out of. Just too much bad karma. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even on you know, on that kind of level as well, it's it's true. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) 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 Totally. We'll uh, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah. It's like a. It seems like they keep it, you know, extending it every so often. Every few weeks, they extend it a little longer. And I mean, are they going to keep doing that for a year? Well, I, I think that that would have been the best way to make the overall thing shorter. I know. And now we're about to see this big backlash, and I think that's going to make it twice as long as it needed to be. That's what Lisa was saying from the like day one. She was like, everyone just needs to quarantine for one month right. everywhere, and, and we'll everywhere. be done with it. Totally. And that's that would have been the dream, that the countries that are doing that are having a great deal of success, and yeah. we're now – armed bands of, you know, roving militias that are <laughs> exercising their freedom. <laughs> Holding their Q signs up. I just, I just saw a video. Of, <laughs> Q. Q is what? Oh, God. Q. Okay. Could, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to get into it. Do we want to go there? I'm just going to say this. The theory, the Q thing is that Donald Trump was sent by God to yeah. stop a global pedophile ring yeah. all over the world. And if that's, you know, maybe we could talk about that. Maybe we could talk about that. What do you, what's your, what are your thoughts about this is cause this is a mental health issue. Well, I was my the conspiracy is when mental illness goes viral. Right. Yeah. It's freaking. like, it is so far removed from reality when you go down some of those routes, like, okay, they're claiming that Hillary Clinton and human abed in, cut the face off of a little girl, wore it in front of this little girl so that she would freak out and her adrenal gland would explode and then they would eat it. And this is like 700,000 people are spreading this on the internet going, look what's happening. Okay, okay. Why are there 700,000 people who would see that and and consider it? And consider it rational or logical. Why? And that's what conspiracy theories is. When you feel out of control... And you feel like the world is a terrifying, scary place. A conspiracy theory is a way of you saying someone is actually pulling the strings here. Right. Psychologically speaking. So it's like here's a whole lot of people that their lives are not going the way they want them to for whatever reason. Um, And they just need someone to blame. And it's Hillary Clinton. Okay. All right. Yes. Sure. (laughs) And it's someone and it's a woman in a pantsuit. It's got to be a woman in a pantsuit without fail. Everything that's gone well, on in this world. You know, I, I'm I'm very um, impatient with people that share uh, conspiracy theories, but I really that makes me kind of a hypocrite because I 
have to admit that I in the uh, when Bush was in power, mm-hmm. and when Reagan was in power, actually first, second, the first Bush, uh, the second, no, no, the first Bush, okay, the first the Bush. Bush, okay, I um, I was I was believing conspiracy theories too. I was believing in chemtrails. I was believing in, oh. and yeah, yeah, seriously. It was, it was like, I look back at it now and I was like, God, what the fuck was mind control? And yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I, I mean, I kind of see where I got it from early on in my uh, teenage years and the kind of stuff I was into. I was always into that sort of thing. And then what happened was I, um, uh, I had this paranoia that, that Reagan had Alzheimer's. Can you imagine how crazy I was? Like, oh my god! That's- <laughs> yeah, not that, not that. Yeah, exactly. I had, I had this paranoia. What's wrong with me? You must have Alzheimer's. Look <laughs> on my face, Jeff. I had this paranoia that the Reagan administration uh, sold arms to the Contras, right? And right, sold right. Drugs. And to Bin Laden. Anyway, okay. Anyway, but but this this is my point. My yeah. point is, I was entertaining all kinds of conspiracy theories. And what happened was Obama got elected and then I started. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Clinton got in. And then I started seeing that all the conspiracy theories that I was thinking that the people were all saying were about Bush and Reagan. They were they were saying they were exactly the same. And they were saying Clinton was doing it. And I was like, wait a minute. And then I started thinking this is probably bullshit because it's, I started seeing this pattern that whoever was in power was getting yeah. these same. Well, you know, but then you jump to Bilderberg and you're like, wait a minute, maybe they're both <laughs> on the same side and they're all against. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, right. So it's yeah. like, I just started seeing, it was like, you know, for, well, I, I, I don't know if you heard, but Bill Gates apparently is creating the viruses so right. that he can sell you the vaccine. Exactly. Oh, you know, so he can microchip people. That, that was it. Because he needs the money. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly, because you can't get you know getting rid of malaria and uh, like he's already got all the info on your computer. Like <laughs> I know it's like the phones are already tracking you. It doesn't you know anyway. But anyway, here's here's my point. I'm trying to make. Yeah. I was fully believing these. You know, I'm a reasonable guy, but I was I was believing it. And what I realized was that when my party was out of power, I was scared. I was like totally shitting myself when uh, both Bushes were in office. Mainly Bush too, but um, yeah. yeah, that was scary. I was because it's like, oh god, I wish for long for those days. When that was... <laughs> right? Remember when Sarah Palin was the scariest thing anybody? Right. Ever... <laughs> Sarah, come back to us. I'm sorry, I spurned you. So I was. It was like when 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 my part when I my group of people, my little tribe was not in yeah. power. Then I became susceptible to these to these yeah. conspiracy theories because oh. they were. You know, like you're, it's like a way to um, feel like you have some kind of control in the situation because you at least know that the lizard people are eating babies and stuff, and it, and it's it's more comfortable to know that the little lizard people are eating babies than to not know what the fuck at all. You know well, what I mean? Who's gonna eat the babies if it's not the lizard people? <laughs> to know who's eating the babies. So I just I got to a point and. Uh, and then I saw, you know, every uh, presidential cycle. And then I saw they started doing it towards Obama. And I was just like, this is a bunch of bullshit, yep. you know. And, 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 I, and I really had to go, wow. And I kind of changed, you know, that was like a kind of a big change for me. I kind of grew out of it, I guess, you know. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it was like, I was just like, I kind of, I felt like um, like in AA where you have to go and apologize to people. <laughs> 
right, right, doing them wrong. Stop. There's like people I respected that I used to talk to about this, and That's they were awesome. and they were like, you know, they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" And so I had to, you know, a couple people. I was like, you know, I don't think that way anymore. I kind of had an understanding now. I so, think they may have actually landed on the moon. Maybe it wasn't Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a great video on that. There's like this one debunker of that conspiracy where he talks about the, he's a, a film filmmaker and he talks about the the um, the lengths of film, how long the film, how long they could film at one time without cutting or something like that. He basically lays it out like there's no way that this was fake. Oh, really? Yeah, this. Yeah, it's I'll send it to you. It's really great. But it doesn't matter because, you know, people that want to believe are going to believe anything. They had people on the moon. So people that um, I think I think I answered my own question. People that are yeah. are sharing this stuff, they're they're just scared and feel out of control. Totally, so. which makes sense when you think about it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So you can have a little. I know when I start understanding where people are coming from, I have a lot more compassion for them. Right, right. I scroll through instead of saying, "Boy, you're stupid," you know. It's right. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. It's hard. It's hard, though. <laughs> it's hard because this, a lot of the stuff is harmful. A lot of the stuff is harmful when you spread it yeah. around. And so it's like I was talking to a friend of mine and she was going after somebody. And I was like, OK, sweetie, you're, you're driving yourself insane. Yeah. And you have two children like they're more important. Than you. She's like, but Dave, some on the Internet is wrong. I, was like, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like, we got to find all of them. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing too, is that I keep catching myself commenting. It's like, what, where, what's the root of that? Well, I've called you out on it because there are a couple of people. Yeah. Going, what are you doing, dude? You're, you're not going to win this argument. He's crazy. It's, and you go, why do I do this? It's like, <laughs> you were having such a good day. You might as well ruin it by picking a fight with somebody. It, it, but the thing is, it comes down to, it's like, an, it's an ego thing. It's an ego Maybe. thing. It's like, you're, a, so you know. I think it's like you're you're it's like I'm going to tell you that you're wrong and, and I thing, can't accept. and I know you as a as a rational intelligent person goes <laughs> up against narcissists They're like it just doesn't matter dude you're not going <laughs> to I just I it's like it's one it's this kind of it's an impulse control issue you know it's like when I when I when I catch myself totally. then I'm like why did I even why was I getting involved in this I thing know what it's like to be a heroin addict you know? <laughs> I'm going to get into damn here i am six comments deep yeah totally. it's it, but it's it's definitely it's a it's a i think it's a um it's a it's a it's a it's an ego satisfying thing it's pure and yeah. simple you don't really care what the person thinks you don't it's it's like it's it's about you it's all yeah. about you feeling good about yourself by by being right when and proving that they're wrong, and that's just kind of bullshit, you know. Has that ever worked? Yeah, exactly. Never. You know, yeah. How many arguments have I won on Facebook? I'm gonna go with probably none. Yeah, and if but at best, there are plenty may of people I know that we stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> at best, maybe one in a thousand, maybe, and it's like, what? That's not worth the effort. It's really not. And, you know, yeah, anyway, so. I'm Sarah Palin, and this is, you know, how, how, how great things were six years ago, and I just didn't know it. But whenever there would be a link about something Sarah Palin said, I'd click on it, and I'd get so angry, irrationally, because the woman is just crazy, she's like, shopping at Chick-fil-A personally because she hates gay people. I'm like, you suck so bad. And then they're telling me that if I stop clicking on those links, I will literally not get angry. Right. 
you know, like, but for some reason it took like 97 times to realize that connection. Yeah. And there's some kind of pleasure you get from it, from like this kind of righteous indignation. Yeah. It's, it, it, follow somebody that ignorant. I can't believe those. Yeah. 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 And it's trying to make myself feel better about myself. It's like an adrenaline rush you get maybe too from the anger. I know people kind of, I know some people that get off on fighting because it's like a rush. Oh, totally. Yeah. But I'm not really a confrontational guy. I mean, in, in a certain situation in terms of like helping people, sure. Right. But that's a passionate way. I'm not into like getting in fights, but you, somebody, you know, posts something right word on Facebook and I'm like, oh, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How am I doing? I know. I, I'm sure I did it even as, soon, as, as recent as yesterday. I'm sure I did it somewhere. It's like I just I, – I, I'm, I'm trying – you know, the, the, this, this podcast will, is, is a good um, – a good – Line in the sand for myself, you know. I need to remember. There's, po- it's pointless. There's no point in it. It, it, it. It's, you know, it's like drinking. Like it literally didn't bring me anything positive. You know? Right. Like, <laughs> in the grand scheme of it, getting in Facebook fights about politics, there's just no net gain whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm officially. I'm, you, you, you heard it here. I'm gonna officially stop right now. I give you till eight o'clock. <laughs> Dave Sherman's gonna hold me accountable. Totally. You, you have permission, Dave, if you ever see I'm me. Told. We'll find a special emoji, like a slap <laughs> upside the head emoji. <laughs> so um, I, I made this, you, you were, um, we were talking behind the scenes. I kind of made, you were saying that, you know, people are unemployed now. People that you, you see are unemployed. And I kind of made the joke that they're musicians. Aren't they already unemployed and broke? But um, <laughs> so, but you're talking, you know, I mean, I guess. Uh, people, people, even in the music industry that are relatively successful, still aren't. You know, they still well, live month to month like artists do. Or how... there are plenty of people that are pretty successful and doing pretty well. But the thing is, the music industry, for the most part, touring and everything shuts down about December until usually March or April. So you know, people have four or five months of you know, if you got ten, twenty k in the bank, that'll last you four or five, six months. But, you know, what happened is March, as everyone was getting ready to go on tour, myself included, all of a sudden the bottom got dropped out and no one's going to have any work. And all of a sudden the budget you had. Right. And you haven't worked in four months. Right. You haven't made a dollar. It's like, so even the guys I know that like are working 10 months a year, you know, guitar techs and drum techs and doing okay, but you can't go six months without a gig. I mean, nobody. Right. Yeah. And so, that's, yeah, and that's, that's, that's right. how the, uh, the, um, I guess from, from what I understand after the music industry took a complete shit with pirating and stuff. Is the way that um, bands make their money now is merch and touring, right? The only way, yeah. The only way. Totally. They're not making making seventeen cents, you know. Yeah, they're making nothing from uh, Spotify or Pandora or. When arenas are going to be fine, you know, and the bands doing five thousand, you know, they're probably doing fine. But everybody below that is like, oh god. Yeah. What What are the? So I guess there's there's a whole subset of working musicians. I mean, my son's kind of one of them, but um, he's, he's on the lower end of, you know, as far as making a decent living, but I'm sure there's guys kind of in the middle that, yeah. that tour and, and that just kind of are like middle class. If, if you're making 80, 90 grand a year, which is not a bad living. And all of a sudden you're not working for six months. Right. That's half year. I mean, and we don't know when they're going to work again. Yeah. So it's like, I know like guys that were doing security and there's a lot of conversations about it. Like, you might need to get, and like, you know, some of the older guys that have been around the block, you know, there's a certain cachet with on tour with rock stars and buses and first class and everything. 
and now you're not working, it might not be for the entire year. And one of the senior security guys was saying, guys, look, there's no glamour in, in doing security for a supermarket right now, but there's a lot of glamour in paying the bills. Right. You know, I mean, people are rethinking a lot of stuff. Tour managers are like, I got to do something. Yeah, yeah. Some jobs out there. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I've been thinking as well about the, this, the stay-at-home order is I wonder if uh, one maybe positive thing to come out of this when things, you know, get back to normal, to somewhat to normal. Um, I wonder if people are going to be working from home more. It's a really good question. You know, because now, now so many people are realizing, hey, I could have been doing this all along. All those meetings could have been an email. Right. <laughs> or on Zoom or whatever. Totally. And it's like, why are we renting office space or buying buildings or. Yeah, it could. It could. I mean, things things are going to think about literally the average commutes 35 minutes each way. If you multiply that times 90 million people saving 70 minutes a day. Right. We're going to be saving years and years and years of productivity. Not to mention the the pollution issue as well. You know, Past money, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I got- Two cars with full tanks of gas. I haven't gone anywhere right. in weeks, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's a big, a big part of the, why I got out of the the movie business is because I couldn't deal with the commute, man. It was just like totally. that. On top of everything else, was just a bridge too far. Yep. So I don't. I mean, that's another kind of good thing that could come out of this. Is um, let's hope so. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna. You know, tr- have we seen the worst of it? And I'm not sure we have. Yeah, I don't think so, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it's going to double, is is my guess. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. I know. I'm I'm tripping out by these people that, you know, are up in arms and don't want to stay in their house anymore. Yeah. When they start going out, are they going to... Well, I, look, I got cabin fever. I get it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just going to try to apply a little common sense. And, you know, I've got a cross-country ski machine. I get a little exercise inside. I walk around the block. I'm going to be okay. Get out in the garden. I mean, it's spring. It's not December. Right. You know, you can walk around your house. You can do something. And you got to stay busy. You got to find something that's going to give you a sense of self and a sense of accomplishment right now. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the answer. It really is. You know, what's weird is right when this happened, it started raining. So it's been really rainy in California, which is so unusual for us. For last year, you guys were just drought city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, we needed it, so it was cool. But it was a, it was a trip because it was like, it was. Uh, it had this gloomy vibe everywhere too, along with the the stay at home and. But but I was like totally loving it because I love the rain. I oh, love the, love that weather. I love staying indoors. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Gee, I wonder why you're handling this well. <laughs> Wait, it's going to end? I know. <laughs> I know. That's what I was saying. Fall in apocalypse now. He's like, someday this war's going to end. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, I, I was, I've said this somewhere aside from the, you know, if it wasn't for the death, disease, and right. sterilizing your groceries, I w- this would be heaven to me. You know, it's like. Well, then why don't you get a place out in like, you know, the desert? Yeah, Lisa doesn't like the desert. Uh, she doesn't like that right. environment. So well, I, 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 could e- I could easily live out in the boonies somewhere. But I do like the conveniences of, of you know, not having to, you know, getting stuff delivered to your door and, and things like that. Um, so I don't know. And I got the grandkids here, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever want to move that far from them. 
So the answer is build a huge uh, wall around your house with a rain cloud. <laughs> now that's a great idea. You know, Guillermo del Toro yeah. has, has a secret room, which I've been um, in. It's like yeah. his study. It's amazing. Yeah. It looks like yeah. an old Victorian creepy uh, library. And yeah. he's, he's got a rain machine outside. No way. So rain's coming down and the the sound of thunder and stuff. So it's seriously. Yes. <laughs> That's so cool. It's so cool. So like to get creative, he just creates the environment. Yeah, and... isn't that like wow. a virtual inspiration room? That makes me so sad. <laughs> I really like my house, you know, and I've really like expressed a lot of creativity in it, and it's pretty cool. And I remodeled the whole thing myself, and but man, I want a rain machine inside. This is so cool. <laughs> All right, another yeah. ten and I can build the rain room. <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen it in uh, videos too on online. It's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what, you know, it's like, that's the other thing. It's like every movie production is. Well, I was just thinking that because, you know, I mean, my, my business didn't change a whole lot. You know, I lost some clients. I'm starting to get some back, but like you think about multi-million and music industry. I mean, live nation is going to lose billions of dollars this year. Right. Yeah. That's that's the other way that uh, rich people are getting. They're going to get, whereas they might be more comfortable throughout yeah. this. They're losing a shit ton of money in the stock market. People have their money in the stock market. Yeah, that'll that'll go back as long as you don't cash it out now. It's only on paper the loss right now. So don't do anything. Be patient. Yeah, that's that's the number one rule I keep reading. Is like if you if you have a four hundred one k or whatever, just leave it alone. Don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. Yeah. Or or as things get worse, add to it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the other thing is there's going to be a huge opportunity to make money. I know it sounds sick and weird, but for people who don't have a lot of money, yeah. um, you know, it, it, there's going to probably be a point where the stock market's going to, you know, yeah. take a, another huge shit. And if you kind of get in at the right time and, and just add to your whatever you got invested. In, in 2008, 9, 10, the last you know, full time gig I had, I was doing pretty well for myself. And I just put all the money in the bank and then that was coming out of the recession. So I found a big foreclosed fixer upper house in a nice oh. suburb and sank my money into that. And it was like the best investment I've made in my life. I yeah. like rocked up into the middle class. Wow. So you, so, so you were able to take a, a <clears throat> negative situation potentially and, and, and use it to, yeah. you know, benefit yourself. Totally. So that's, you know, it's an opportunity. We can look at it as an opportunity. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of adjusting your perception really. And, and it's, you know, the, the, the thing it's easy to say, um, maybe for me, cause like you said, I'm, I'm accustomed to this lifestyle and I have a little bit of money in the bank from these posters and stuff, but, um, you know, but that, you know, that's not gonna, it's not gonna last me that long, but still it's like, I'm accustomed to this lifestyle. So, um, the, the, the trick is get is, is to for people that are that can't think about anything other than the anxiety and that are freaking out. And so, you know, I guess <clears throat> what is the answer there? I'll, like I said, uh, you, we're just offering strategies, I guess, meditation and trying to live in the moment. But what about people that are what about people that just cannot deal with the anxiety? Sometimes there's a medication issue. You might want to talk to a doctor about the possibility, you know, a Wellbutrin or a Prozac just to take the edge off while you get through this. Nothing wrong with that at all. No shame. No, I know. Um, I know people who that has 
saved their lives. Changed their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, talk to a psychiatrist. It's a great idea. And you can do that over the, you know, telemedicine right now. It's fantastic. I, I, I have to say, I, um, I took in the nineties when I was going through my processing all my trauma, my childhood trauma, and I went into therapy. It was so intense for me that I did take Paxil for like a year and it was just, it was just to get me, take that edge off to where I could deal with the trauma. Cause, cause it was, I was, she was having a hard time drawing it out of me. And so it's like, I took it for a short time and then it helped me to be able to get the, the pain out and the trauma out and process it. And then when I was done with it, I just got off it. And it was like, I didn't need to stay on it. That's it was, you know, like when you break a leg, you use crutches, right? You, you know, it, just, it helps you get through the tough parts. Right. Right. So that's, oh. yeah. So that's okay. Continue. I don't know what you were saying. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. That was, that was perfect fucking timing. Um, you know, there's no shame in that. Yeah. Um, and they're tools. They're mm-hmm. tools. Um, now, I'm not saying take a huge prescription for Xanax because that shit's addictive. Yeah, that's scary but, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people go south on it. But although I know a couple people that use it perfectly appropriately. It's true. Um, it's true. Yeah, totally. Um, you got to get out of your head. And the best way to do that is connection. There is somebody in your life that you can feel a deep sense of connection to and you need to open up to them and talk. You know, because we get through this together. On our own, we struggle. You know, the number one coping skill is is just connection. Right. Yeah, yeah. Diet or whatever. Right. I mean, how um, sometimes just just talking, like a a phone conversation is huge. I know that if I'm stressed about something and I talk to Lisa for a little bit, just saying it, just saying it out loud helps. Because it's, it's trapped inside your head. Right. And you say it out loud and it's linear and it goes out of your head and you no longer obsess over it. Yeah, and you could and you could also make more sense of it and kind of uh, think about how to deal with it if it's out somehow. Because if it's just me, I can't even see it in a perspective. I need an outside opinion. And I say it to somebody else and they go, look at it this way. And I go, oh, crap, dude. It's not that big a deal. Why was right. I even – yeah, because I used to – I remember when I got sober, I was thinking about the guilt and the shame I dealt with, you know, all the stuff I had done when I was drinking – and I, you know, like on the crimes against humanity, in my mind, there was like Hitler, Stalin, and me. <laughs> you know? Hitler, Stalin, and Sherman. <laughs> yeah, I, it turns out there are a couple other names on that. <laughs> so, you know, somebody said to me, you know, if there's a name for it, somebody's already done it. Right. You know? Like, as it turns out, regicide. Thank God I wasn't the only one. You know, it's good to know. It's reassuring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Totally. So whatever you're going through... You're not the only one. And the cool, one of the cool things is, A, connect with somebody else. B, when you connect with people that get you, when you find your tribe or your people, and with the internet, be what it is, you can find a support group for whatever it is you're going through. That's true. Yeah. And that hearing somebody else use your language, it's like, oh, all right, I'm not the only one. And it makes me feel a whole lot less crazy. Right, right. You know, we uh, um, a guy named Steve Clef, he's a really great artist. He's part of the Dark Art Society. He, he he's start- Philly. Huh? He's Philly. Yeah, he's Philly. Yeah, and he does these amazing watercolors. He's great. Um, he started this Friday Patreon thing for pa- Dark Art Society Patreon subscribers on Zoom. And every mm-hmm. Friday, we've just been hanging out. It's like everyone's on camera, if you want to mm-hmm. be. And it's just people working on their art, just talking. Some people are not artists. They're you know art lovers that just kind of come in and just hang out and talk. And it's, oh. it's really great. And, um, you know... I didn't realize the value in that until I started, I saw it in action. Yeah. You know, I kind of took it for granted that that's something we could do, but it's, I think it's been really helpful for people just, just to talk and hang out. The sense of community. Yeah. Having that sense of community. 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. That's very cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah, well, you're, you, um, aren't you in the cooperative dark art? You, you, dark Art Society Cooperative on Facebook? I am. I then now that you mentioned, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot to check into that. <laughs> <laughs> I joined and then I'm like I forgot completely. Yeah. You gotta go next. You gotta go next Friday then. You gotta get on there. Have to. Um, yeah, bunch of Philly people on there. I know Jeremy Hush was on last week, I think, and or yesterday. And um... Philly's got a really cool art scene, man. I mean, I'd be going to First Fridays right now, but there's a global pandemic. I know. I know. I don't know if you heard. Yeah, I know. It's. I had Jeremy on uh, not long ago on the podcast, and we were talking all about that the Philly okay. scene. Philly's got. Philly's probably got the most active dark art scene other than LA that I know of in the country. Young, vibrant people all hanging out at these cool galleries making dark art. It's like, this is awesome. I know. I know. It's so weird. It's just like, it's funny how it just pops up just based on the people that are around that decide to do it. Yeah. But there's, there's people like this. In every city, I imagine there's a handful. One of the things I love about the internet is because, you know, Growing up in the 80s and the 90s, I mean, there were zines. Right. But, like, couldn't really find your people except the shows. Right. You know, I'd go see Fugazi. Hey, it's that guy. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> uh, but, you know, with the internet, though, like, you can have this cooperative on Friday nights. That's so effing cool. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. But it's also... My people. It's also great. I mean, it's also like a call, I think, to people in other parts of the country to you know start your own scene if you've got a ham if you've got a couple friends two or three people that want to do it you know look look around and, and find other weirdos and connect with them and and you know way more fun yeah for sure but um yeah and you could always be part of our little thing as well if, if you're interested um so let's see any other amazing coping strategies that no one's ever thought of that Dave Sherman designed himself? We'll fix it all in post. Masturbation. That's, that's right, totally. Support groups, masturbation, meditation. <laughs> um, well, you know, and there's some really simple things that, you know, get eight hours of sleep if you can. Yeah, that's true. You know, exercise. That's a good point. 20 minutes of exercise. Don't give in to It's so easy to go. I'm just going to have another bag of chips. Do yourself a favor. Check out the food groups. You can find, like, have some lettuce, you know, cook, make some chicken, don't eat all, you know, like, right. just, yeah, it's just simple stuff. You don't have to go back to the basics if you never leave them. Right. And there are as many endorphin receptors in your stomach as there are in your brain. That's a fact. So, yeah. That, <laughs> I know that for a fact. <laughs> what you eat, you know, if you're eating garbage and you're getting McDonald's, mm-hmm. then you're going to feel like crap. And if you're actually eating a healthy, balanced meal, it's a big deal. I'll tell you, man. When I don't get enough sleep, it it's yeah. it, that's the only time I feel like yeah. uh, I feel like I probably this is probably what it's like to have depression. Well, but, I feel like my age. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> when I was twenty five, I'm like three days no sleep. Yeah. I know. I know. But the, I always thought they said the older you get, the less sleep you need. And it's like it, not for me. It's like I have to get eight hours or else I'm screwed. And sometimes I'll get more even. Yeah, I actually do about six, but then I just take a nap. <sighs> Oh yeah, I would love to get six. Six would be great, but it's like I, I can do it if I have to. But if I do it for a long enough time, um, I'll just crash. And if I keep pushing myself, I just get into the. I just become an asshole, like unhappy. It's, and it's just gonna freak a lot of people out. 
somewhere along the line, I started working at waking up at like five thirty six in the morning, just like getting up and doing stuff. Like I make some coffee, get online, check the news. Like I am not a morning person and I will never be a morning person. Mm-hmm. I'll never say it looks like you got a case in the Mondays. But like, because <laughs> yeah, it used to be like kicking and screaming, get me out of bed before like 11. Right. Somewhere along the line, I'm like, yeah, let's get some shit done, dude. No, it's, 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 you know, it's something I had to face as well. I'm, I'm not there yet. I, cause I, this hit right when I had to get all these posters done and I was just, you know, it, I eventually got, I got back to my bad schedule and staying up late, but um, you know, well, dude, I mean, we've, there've been times where you've been up for a couple days, like, you know, just that last minute deadline. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that will always come up, but I, but I always have to push myself back. Now I'm down now. Like last night I went to bed at midnight and I got up at, eight and it's like that's okay that's a start but but when i get when i when i get up if i can get up in the fives it's it it is such a huge difference in my day totally. you know but if i get up at eight and i don't get started until 10 i had to you know i had to i had to push our our meeting back a couple hours because it's like i wasn't able to get up at six like i wanted to you threw lisa right under the bus you're like oh yeah lisa says six thirty. oh work. no 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 <laughs> No, that was actually her going, you know what? You should put it off an hour because you always short, you always are too optimistic. And and, it, and it's like at two 30, I was still printing these labels out. And I was like, thank you for telling me to do that. Lisa, I was telling her from the other room. So smart. I always need to listen to her, but With most of the brains. I, I, you know, six o'clock, it, it makes a huge difference, man. Cause by eight, I'm like, I got stuff done. Already. I know. Like, I, I know. I had to jump in the shower. Like, oh, holy crap. I know. I know. So, so I'm working my way back, back to that now that I've got this stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I can also get my, that's the other thing. This has screwed me up as I, um, I was bending over doing all these doodles on these posters, right? It completely <laughs> fucked my back up. So yeah. I can't, I can't do my regular like sitting up meditation but yeah. Yeah. I have been I've been laying down and meditating because that's the only time I can really it doesn't hurt. So I'm still doing my meditation. I, ju- I just have to lay down and do it. Do you have Epsom salts? Uh, I don't think I do. Go to CVS and get a big box of those and do a really hot bath. And it'll literally it's like organic Valium for your whole body. Really? Yep. I don't think. Yeah, I seem to remember doing that years ago. I should do that. That's a good idea. And you're one of those guys like, hey, that worked really well. I'll totally never do that again. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> totally. Totally. That's, that's the name of the game. I was talking about I'm doing a, a webinar on Fridays at, at 2 EST with some music industry people just about this kind of stuff, coping skills, um, called Showmaker Symposium, which is on Facebook Live. But we were talking about how keep things simple and and you got to accomplish things every day, like making your bed or right. what your environment looks like is how you're feeling on the inside. Right. So if you got nine empty cans of Coke and some empty beer bottles and an ashtray you haven't cleaned. And, and, and whenever you say to yourself, I'll do it tomorrow. Like you take your cereal bowl and you put it in the sink and you go, I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah. You got two cereal bowls and then all of a sudden it's Saturday night and you want cereal and all of the bowls are in the sink. <laughs> this is the story of my life. <laughs> the therapist that was on there was like, that's the story of my life. Yeah. You guys got to work on that. So just try not to use the phrase. I'll do it tomorrow. Right. While we're all up. You know, if you, if you make your bed, you'll feel a little better about yourself when you walk in your bedroom. You yeah. won't feel like, slob yeah yeah that's a good one that's why i'm lucky uh yeah lisa lisa pushes me to do that more if i was alone it would be a lot harder i mean people that are live alone it's probably the more difficult to to maintain that discipline when you're alone i think 
Well, the thing is, you know, it's like everything else. Like with Chuck Close, if you just keep doing it every day, it takes 21 days for the new neural pathway to form when you're trying a new habit. Oh, really? Yeah, totally. So if you make your bed every day for 21 days, it just becomes new and it becomes uh, a habit. You don't even think about it. Yeah, like if you exercise those first 21 days, you got to push yourself to do it. That's a but great... Day 22-ish, you're like, hey, wait a minute. I'm looking forward to getting on the exercise bike. That's a great tidbit. That's good to know. I never know that. I never knew that. Yeah, I totally uh, planned to say that. That, what's that? I totally planned that. Yeah, no. <laughs> now, my, my big, my big uh, story about creating a habit for me was creating studies for my paintings. Of course, I'm going to turn this all around into art. But this is, for me, it was like I, um, I would never do studies. I would always just do the painting. And then I kept getting, uh, literally painting myself into a corner, not painting myself into a corner, but like it wasn't right. And I wasted a bunch of time because everything was slightly off. And so I finally was got so fed up with, with having that happen that I started painting studies. And it was so hard because I wanted to just paint the painting. I was right. so excited. And once I started doing it, I got I built the habit up to where it's like I, I feel weird now if I don't do a study. It's part of the whole process and it makes me a better painter. And, you know, I thought I would never want to You discovered an amazing new revenue stream. Right. And then I made you was able to make yeah, money from it and, and everything. Like people are getting an original czar that's not quite three D, but like holy crap, this is awesome. Right, right. So well, I remember when you first offered a couple. I remember you got a big tax bill, and you're like, "I have to part with these. It's killing me." And I'm like, "So?" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, wait, people bought those? What the hell? Yeah, yeah, it was a total shock to me. Yeah. Um, and then that became a thing. Yeah, like, outside your comfort zone, you try something new, and sometimes shit sticks to the wall, and you just go with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just, I just, um, I just never thought I would be able to get that discipline. But after a after a certain point, it's not a discipline. It's a habit. Right. Exactly. It's only, maybe it's only a discipline for the first 29 days. Well, it, it works both ways. If you go out drinking every night for three weeks, you know, killing your feelings, then that's going to become a habit. Right. But if, if you go walk around the block for a mile once every day for three weeks, that's going to become the habit. So it's just what you do with it. Right. Now, okay. What, what about, um, now for uh, people that have substance abuse issues, like now, I'm sure this whole thing is, really triggering for a lot of people being isolated and alone who knows there could be a lot of a lot of triggers yeah isolation is a big one for a lot of people anxiety and you got to fall back on all the stuff that got you sober in the first place that sense of connection the we is a really big deal and you know every meeting has gone online you know go aa the name of your city and zoom and it'll give you a comprehensive meeting list um You'd be shocked, and you can do it anonymously. You can just show up if you're feeling self-conscious. Reach out to somebody that knows what that's, they're talking. About. That's probably great for people who don't want to take the the step to go to an actual meeting because they do feel want to kind of be anonymous still. Totally. So this or it's a lot of guilt and shame and remorse, and you don't know what to expect. And right. it takes a, there's a lot of anxiety getting help. The whole idea of walking in that door the first time is like terrifying. I bet, yeah. And then, you know, this way it's like, well, I don't even need to show my face and I could hear other people talking about getting sober bonus. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like, it might be a, uh, a gateway to full. Well, I'm wondering if it's going to stay to some extent. I mean, there's always going to be the in-person stuff, but online might stay to some extent afterwards. Plus you can, somebody was talking about this morning, somebody hit me up and said, Hey, I'm going to go to a meeting in London. What are you doing? And I was like, (laughs) oh, but I had a client. Right. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Totally. 
So that's again, uh, we come back to the the um, the opportunity perspective of this. Yeah. You know, this may find your people. Find your people. That's what you recommend. Totally. For, okay. Yeah. You know, and think through what you're doing. Um, it's easy to think short term, whatever my addiction is will make me feel better for 10 minutes. But if you think it through, how are you going to feel tomorrow morning? Right. You know, or just have a couple of drinks. Right, right. You wake up in the morning guilt and shame and hungover and, you know, you spend your money on booze instead of food. Right, right. Yeah, I bet you that's that's one of the bad things. I'm sure this has triggered a lot of relapses, I imagine. Well, some. It's also I, I just the idea of copping on the streets in a pandemic. I know, right? Like, that's just a hard, you know, like wearing masks. I mean, talk about RoboCop, you know, <laughs> the dystopian future here. <laughs> that's yeah. true. It's, it's like, where are people going to get their drugs? Totally. So just thank God I don't live that lifestyle right. anymore. Right. No. Shit. Aren't you so happy you're 20, what, 21 years? 21 and change. Yeah, in February it was 21. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, rum doesn't count, right? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That stuff is so nasty. I don't know how you people do it. for the effect. I know, but don't you like you like the taste and everything? Eventually, I just don't. I never. Well, got... acquired taste, and I just you know convinced myself I need to acquire this as soon as possible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep drinking this till it tastes good. That's what I was doing. Sure, we'll go with that. Do you? Uh, you I don't, do you like? Okay. Uh, Do you get like feel? Do you get triggered when you talk about your old drug and drinking days? No, it's a good you, question. You okay? Cravings, I'm, my cravings. What's that? You're talking about like cravings. Yeah, like is it something you? Because I was because I'm so. I'll, I had for me my 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 life was dictated by the obsession to get loaded for years, and when I had and 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 when I. Went to treatment in February of 99, and about a couple of weeks in, it kind of the light switch went on that I don't have to keep living that way, in a moment of clarity, whatever you want to call it. And I was very anxious until I had about 90 days, and right about 90 days sober, I suddenly realized, holy crap, I'm going to be able to maintain this. Wow. Yeah, like, and it just hasn't really been, and there's been plenty of stuff in my life, don't get me wrong, but I'm using dreams unbelievably infrequently. Using dreams are pretty common with people that use. Oh, wow, really? Very infrequently. You know, there have been a couple of times where, I was in a situation where my brain kind of smiled, like I saw somebody doing shots of tequila, and I went, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that knowing but smile. Followed, and I thought, that guy's going to be hating himself in the morning. Right. Like these days, like New Year's Day, I call my friends at 8 a.m. like, hey, I feel so much better than you. I just want to fuck with their friends on New Year's Day. But yeah, no, I haven't. It doesn't trigger me in the slightest. You know, I'm just kind of the big part of, of doing the work because – Phase one recovery is when you stop using it. Phase two recovery is when you do some cognitive behavioral therapy and you work on yourself and you, your trauma and your issues and the things that made me want to use, mm -hmm. things that made me uncomfortable in my skin. And once you get comfortable in your skin, you know, that freedom from the bondage of that previous life, you know, on a good day, it's pretty joyous. Right. And on a bad day, it's still pretty okay, too. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm just curious. I'm, we probably maybe talked about this last time you were on, but... I'm just kind of curious of your experience of your your low point or maybe like some insane story of of insane debauchery. <laughs> I am I yes. I am yes. kind of I'm sort of I'm I find those stories interesting. Put it that way. Um, 
I, you know, I was a full blown alcoholic as a teenager. And, and by 19, I was, you know, just getting drunk every night and blackouts. more. Wow. Night, what time, when, how old were you when you started drinking? Uh, probably 13 ish, 14 ish was the oh first conscious, like, you know, getting drunk on vodka. Holy shit. Um, here's the thing about being an alcoholic. You just don't feel comfortable in your skin and you have like a van load of eight year olds inside your head, just like telling you how much you suck all day long. And for me, I did a, a big, healthy double shot of vodka. And it was like that van load of eight year olds that were screaming and having spitball fight turned into a gospel chorus. Uh, wow. uh, and I was like, okay, whatever that was, I'm going to do that just, as often as I can. It just instantly worked for you like that? For me, the, you know, some people are like a social drinker and then they progress to a heavy drinker and then they progress to, for me, it was like, whatever that was, I need that as often as possible. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it put that way before. Taller, better looking, funnier. You know, I know it's hard to believe that those <laughs> are possible, but like everything I lacked, it just made me feel whole and complete. It was mm. the chemical or the piece of me that was missing. Right. Yeah, and you talk to anybody that's sober, they'll tell you usually that's pretty much how it went for them too. Yeah, I know a lot of people a lot of people I know that, that are uh, recovering addicts, they, they they had that moment to where it was like, Ah, oh, you know, this is this is it. I, I want this feeling. Yeah. I want this feeling again. I have to have this feeling again. Totally. Why can't we not be sober? Yeah. Yeah. What a trip. So, I mean, so you, you were. This was tied to trauma for you. Well, I. It doesn't necessarily have to be, but mm. there's definitely plenty of things I went through. You know, that like, well, that blows. Right. Um, as I think most people have at least a couple of incidents of something sure. going on. Sure. 85% of women in 12-step programs have at least one incident of sexual abuse. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it really is. Something like 25% of women by the time they're 25 these days are going to have at least a single incident of sexual abuse. Trump is a lot more common than we think. Mm -hmm. I think mental health-wise, we need to acknowledge we've been through some stuff. Because as humans, we just go, I'm fine, I'm fine. Right. I'm fine. Well, that's how we get through it as children. Well, it's, you're right. That's how I did. It's like, you, at least, you know, it's like... If everything's okay, you know, I can do, it's fine. It's, this is normal. Good. I'll just play with my Legos. Right. We'll, <laughs> I'm going to sit over here and draw monsters in the corner. And whenever somebody, you're right. Whenever somebody says to me, they're fine. I tell them that fine stands for fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Right. <laughs> and they go, wait, that's actually accurate. And I go, yeah, I know. <laughs> Without fail, people who use that word need some help. I, I remember when when I was in uh, when I was in therapy when I was just starting, <clears throat> my therapist was so great. She was she. Now was there something specific that made you think I should probably talk to somebody? Oh yeah, yeah. It was like uh, I had OCD really bad. Oh yeah, okay. really, really bad. Like, um, and it was just completely. It was, it was fucking up my um, marriage basically. Yeah. So so it was like I had to get help or else I was gonna destroy the marriage, and that was like the one thing that was more important to me than anything was, was Lisa. So, so, and that's the only thing that would have pushed me there. You know what I mean? It's like, I had that, that thing I, I, I had to save. So, um, yeah, we kind of initially went to, to, for the marriage, like a marriage thing. And it's like, Oh, you're the one that's fucked up. It was kind of like, Oh, all the problems you're are coming from problem. me. So we need to direct this towards Chet because he's the fucked up one. But I remember early on before she was really able to, my, you know, you build that, you go through that period where you're, you're building trust with the, yeah. the therapist before you get your cycle, uh, subconsciously allowing her in. Um, I just blurted out at one point. Um, I said, yeah, art saved me. Like it saved, it saved me yeah. 
I would have, I would have probably, what did I say? I said something like I probably, probably would have become a serial killer if I didn't have my art. And I said it just offhanded. There was no feeling or emotion behind it. It was just like, I just said it. And, um, and she like latched onto that, of course. And, and it got the ball rolling, but it was like, it was a trip that I thought it was strange that I said it just without even thinking about it not having any kind of feeling about it, just like something to say in small talk, but it was totally true. (laughs) It's like, if it was, if I didn't have my artwork to, to, um, channel my feelings into, I probably would have just, I probably would have gone way more insane than I ended up being, you know? Well, a lot of people, the, the, the real world is so scary and terrifying. They got to create their own. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and with the, the monster stuff to me, as well as something I, I, we, we kind of, she helped me figure out, or we both kind of figured out, um, in therapy was like, I, I was putting these feelings into these creatures that I was in control of. And I, yeah. and so I was gaining a self, a sense, a sense of self-esteem through yeah. creating these monsters that I was in charge of now. And they weren't scary to me because right. they would scare other people, but not me. Cause I made them, you know, control. Yeah. yeah and it, it was like, a, it was, it's a trip though. I mean, why? It's why do some people do that naturally, and other people's other people don't? Maybe because my mother kind of encouraged my my art from an early age, so I knew. It's just weird that it naturally went there. You know what I mean? Thank God it did, right? I know. Yeah, yeah there are people who don't have that outlet. They end up on heroin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I guess well, you know addictions are funny, man. And, you know, and, and I know people that absolutely have all the manifestations of addiction, but they've channeled it into something positive, right? And have become really, really successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, you know, my problem has always been, you know, I, I, I mean, I kind of feel like the painting is is an addiction, but it's a good addiction. Yeah. And it's like the, my my biggest risk risk is becoming like a workaholic. Right. To the point, I even had a, I had a dream the other night, and it, and it was totally like I got a message in the dream. It's something that I already knew about myself, but it, it was kind of reiterating that um, I was I was I forget what was, I was talking to Lisa. Oh no no, I was thinking in the dream about how productive I am, and I was like being all proud of myself in the dream, like I'm so productive, I do so much work, and then I was thinking. Or a voice, I heard a voice and it said uh, something along the lines of you are, you, God, I can't remember it, but it was, it was, it was something along the lines of you avoid your problems by putting yourself into too much work. Like that, that's a danger of being, you know, a workaholic basically, Yeah, you know, and I, and I first five to 10 years of my career was, you know, I was just literally sacrificing my being to help other people. Yeah. Right. You know, like I just didn't have anything left like at nine on the weekends. I just collapsed on the couch. Right. And so I went to private practice and realized, Holy crap. I just really have no energy and I don't really have much of a life outside of work. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, I learned, I realized I, I remembered that I was doing that. Yeah. Probably in maybe the early 2000s, I specifically thought to myself, I'm keeping myself really busy right now in order to avoid these things that are going on around. Like it was too much for me to deal with. I don't remember what it was. 
But um, from that moment on, I was like always kind of careful not yeah. to not to let that happen because that's I feel like that's always a risk. Yeah, you know. Totally. And, and I think well, I've. And and we get into the habit of you know having some balance, and it, a lot of people forget that you need there's some maintenance there. You know, like yeah. if you're riding, it takes a lot of energy to get up to 20 miles an hour, and once you're there. You don't have to pedal as crazy as you did, and you can kind of maintain that speed with a little bit of maintenance. But if you stop pedaling, right, you actually get back down to zero, and you fall over, and you got to work your ass off to get back up to twenty. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way. What's that? Mental health is the same way. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, there's some maintenance. So, like you said, you know, things are going well, but we can dip back into not taking care of ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely personally kind of on an. Uh, like I, I, I <clears throat> had to finish all these posters. I was working late and I finally got the last ones out today and I'm, and, and I got up at eight this morning and I went to bed at midnight last night. So I'm back on that track. It's where I can start, uh-huh. you know, getting up at six, doing my meditation at seven, blah, blah, blah. Cause Don't that's me. throughout the whole, um, quarantine for me has been like the tool posters sold right before I sold them right before the quarantine hit big. And it's oh, just been, cool. I've been working wow. constantly until yesterday. Wow. Throughout the whole quarantine, I've been working every day with no break. And then yesterday I was like, I just had to sit there and watch yeah. TV. Cause I was just, I couldn't do, I couldn't get on the, uh, the live stream last night. I was just too exhausted. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're pushing to the limit and you're on the edge, you don't even realize how tired you are. Yeah push it's, it through until you actually have to push your day off yeah it always cracks me up too how i'm able to manage it until i get the thing done and then some part of my subconscious or or, or brain is like okay you're done with what you needed to do oh. now you're gonna go and lay down <laughs> and oh, if wow. and it, you either do it or it makes you feel like so shitty that you'll oh. just you won't be able to do anything and if, even if you're trying it's like nope you're gonna sit there or you're probably oh. gonna die or something yeah <laughs> totally you know so we'll collapse. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward the, the way I'm going to approach the rest of the quarantine or however long this is going to go is uh, I'm looking forward to getting back in a routine again and, 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 you know, kind of trying to utilize this time to, um, I don't know, give myself a little bit of a break, maybe a day off here and there. Wouldn't that know, be nice? One day a week. I'd like get a hobby. Yeah. I've, I've got the hobby. It's music. I just have, haven't had time to, Totally. To do it, but I kept my bass sitting right next to my chair, and I take breaks in between oh, nice. painting and play my bass. And make some bread. Yeah, I am going to make some bread. I have to use my clay oven to bake it, though, because our oven's broken. You got a clay oven? Uh, it's a convection oven Yeah. that uh, I bought for my clay. Awesome. Because it keeps the... It it uh, blows the heat around, so it keeps the clay. You have one of those clay ovens where you would bake like pizza in. Oh no! <laughs> for your clay, for your sculpting clay. It's a, yeah. <laughs> I've cooked a pizza in there once before, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a convection oven. It rotates. The air is evenly distributed, so it keeps the clay like perfectly melted. So yeah, nice. But I could I could probably bake bread in that. Yeah, why couldn't you? Sure. You can adjust the temperature. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna bake some. I'm definitely gonna bake some bread. I will send you the website. Cool. I want to start planting vegetables too. I really want to start a garden. 
I get so much of a sense of satisfaction out of the whole process. Like I didn't, you know, when I bought the house, there's a backyard and I got into not just, you know, like some fruits and herbs and but just the whole idea of planting and the right. somatic feeling of getting my feet and hands in the dirt. And it, it's a really grounding process. Mm-hmm. And the whole, the seasons, you know, which I never really considered before and took for granted. And like when it gets to be March and all of a sudden the grass starts coming up and it's no longer tan and it's getting green again. It's like, this is exciting. Well, it's, a, it's a connection with nature too. And that's, that's one of the big problems with the modern societies. We've lost our connection with who we are really, you know, it's kind of, uh, <clears throat> metaphorically represented in, in, in our way of being how we're so disconnected from nature. You know what I mean? Totally. We're disconnected from ourselves, our, our, our essence or whatever, in the same way that we're disconnected, disconnected from nature. You know, I used to be just a total adrenaline junkie and motorcycles and alcohol and heroin and whatever. And if you told me that, you know, 21 years later, I'd be getting a kick out of, oh, the oregano just started playing. <laughs> you know, My like, tomatoes. <laughs> yes, the strawberry patch is coming up because I got straw, I grow strawberries. And, you know, <laughs> Like I just, I've found so much joy out of things that are so much more subtle and nuanced than, you know, hitting myself over the head with a shovel. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're just growing things. It's right. so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you that's what, the yeah. hot peppers and then you get to make your own hot sauce. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Christopher Ulrich will make you a label. Yep. Shit. I'll make my own label. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. We should start doing um, hot sauce competitions, dark art hot sauce competitions. That would be cool. I love hot sauce. Little West Coast, East Coast. Yeah. Make... All right. Well, that's that's going to be our challenge for this year. Okay. I got to get my I got to get my book done first. Fine. It's been four years. I have to get it done. Yeah, I think I bought one. <laughs> I wonder what my reward tier was. I think I got the book. Oh, the Ouija board. Yeah, I, I got to make the Ouija board. I got to make the I I've got so much to do. I don't even want to think about it. I have to take it like, a, yes. That was on my coffee table. All right, I have to take it day by day. One day at a time. You'll yes. get it all done. Next week it's the final tool posters, the third set. Ship those out, and then so that back on the book. Well. That was a big winner. Yeah, it was great. It's awesome. great, and it's gotten. <clears throat> got a bunch of new tool fans from that like people are seeing them shared online so they're buying from my web store it's been kind of amazing i think amazing. that's actually how i first discovered you i think was through the, the original tool website oh wow yeah i have they i had they had me listed on a i don't know if they still do but like a contributor sort of totally yeah huh. that was a long time when did we meet 2000 who knows eight nine seven i don't even know i have no i have no clue no idea I just feel like I've you've always been around. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like a really long time. <laughs> well, do you have any parting words for people before we wrap things up? Uh, the, as hard as this can be sometimes, try not to take yourself too seriously. There is a reason the fool is the alpha and the omega of the tarot deck. Right. When you gain the ability to laugh at yourself, God knows I'm good at that. Um, you will you will feel more comfortable in your skin. So try to look at this as an opportunity to. I'm not saying you have to learn a new language, but you know don't put too much pressure on yourself. But you know push yourself outside your comfort zone a little bit and just get comfortable with what's going on. Things are a little crazy right now, and it's okay to be scared. Yes, and I would I would add to that and try and and, and say try and um, 
take Jason Lou's advice and try and view the try and view the universe as friendly. Try it for a day. Yeah. Go one day to take the attitude that the universe is friendly and all this is being ha- this is an opportunity for you and it's all being put there so that you can become a better version of yourself. Try it for a day. And then one continue. day at a time. Yeah, one day at a time. And just tomorrow try it again. See what yeah, happens. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for coming on. It's great for great me. chatting with you as always. I Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live of your podcast. Say say um, again, what? Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live. He's been on like 37 times as the host or something like oh, that. Right. <laughs> I want to be the Alec Baldwin of your podcast. Okay, you got it. Yes, you're the you're the recurring guest. Sold. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, we appreciate you. Um, Thanks for having me. All jokes aside, David Sherman, he's always anybody that needs help. He's he's extremely helpful person, and he and he cares about people. So, um, you know, if you if you are having trouble, hit him up. He's not hard to find. What was your website? Road to Rehab. Dot com rehab.com and um, he treats he treats people not not only uh, people with addiction issues but all kinds of mental health issues you can just be generally crazy yes <laughs> I can probably still help. <laughs> all right well um, thank you everybody for listening and uh, if you if people out there if you've got advice on how you're getting through this let us know maybe and oh um, I'll mention it on the podcast if you, if you got good ideas for to share with people. Um, if you want to be a member of the Dark Art Society Patreon, you can join for as little as a dollar a month. You get the podcast a day early and all that business. Not to mention the Friday uh, uh, Zoom art jams we're doing and the website. There's a lot of benefits. Anyway, that's it. So thanks again, Dave. Appreciate it. Say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, America. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>